0: On this week's episode, we talk about a Kachukka trade, Kyler Murray makes bank, and hear about the Blue Jays roundup. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 23, season two of Points and Penalties. For all our listeners, we'd like to remind you to please subscribe to our channel by clicking the little PMP button in the bottom right-hand corner, right about here. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Josh. You guys know me. We're shorthanded today. No Kev. He's a little hungover from yesterday or he's Ooh. at dinner or something. Who knows? But we got Pete. <laughs> we got Jesse. They're here with me. Let's start up with you, Jess. What are you drinking tonight?
1: I am drinking Pooch Envy. It's an Australian IPA from Refined Fool Brewing Coke. And I believe, yeah, Sarnia is, is brewed here, so it's an Australian IPA, brewed in Ontario. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't I don't know why it's called Poach Envy, but it's got Galaxy Hops in it. Ooh, those are it the best.
3: <laughs> it it's got a little kangaroo in it. Those are the best hops. The best. Galaxy ones? Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've read that in a book.
1: In a book. <laughs> and it, it's
3: a foolishly good
0: beer. Yeah. Can we see the can again? It's all right. Oh, doesn't that say pouch envy, Jess? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pooch envy. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> and so, what's your, uh, what's the quality of the beer like? Uh, the quality is pretty good. Is not pulling up at 5%. Wow. Mm. Mm. This okay. Taking her easy from last night or what? Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I was not feeling like drinking tonight for sure. <laughs> I fell asleep
3: outside. <laughs> <That> <laughs> uh, Peter, what are you having, bud? Thanks, Jesse. I'm having a Berry Fields Tart and Juicy Fruit Sour. From Bench Brewing Company.
2: Hmm.
3: Well, it's a glare, but you you get the idea. It is... uh, What is it? It's got Ruby, Raspberry, and Red Current. And it's a 5.4% alcohol. Oh, shit. For the commanding lead at the moment. It's it easy Crushing the alcohol content (laughs) here today. And it's apparently the beer from Wine Country. So there you go. I hmm. like Wine Country. I don't even know where it's talking about. I should probably check these things before.
0: beamsville Ontario. Ontario. Oh yeah. Just outside of Niagara Lake.
3: There you go. Happy days. Yosh, you bring enough heat to uh take the cake today. I did, yeah. This is the this is the
0: the not strong one in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> So, I have a ghost orchid IPA from Bellwoods Brewery, 6.3%. And it uh, doesn't really say much about it. So, I have nothing to say about it <laughs> until I crack <laughs> it here. <laughs> it's here. Yeah. Did I say it's 6.3% for the big, sure. the commanding W? You did, yeah. You well did. done. Oh, that's not bad at all. Poppy IPA E. <laughs> all right, guys. Haven't been on in a couple of weeks, you know, summer, because summer, as Pete would say. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. summer has happened. Everybody's been busy doing stuff. Pete, you were in uh, Newfoundland for a bit there, and we all just had other shit to do and could not uh, commit. Sorry to our our favorite listeners out there that, you know, just listen every week, and we're like, damn it, where's episode 23? Where's the show? Here it <laughs> I is. need the show. Here it you is. need to hear the outcry more. Yeah, exactly. So we're here. We got beer. And uh, I don't know. What else rhymes with beer? We're not going yeah, to <laughs> <gonna> shed a tear. We're not going to shed a tear. There you go. You know who might shed a fucking tear, though?
3: Maybe the Florida Panthers? Has been traded to Florida. Along with a conditional fourth round draft pick for Jonathan Uberdo, Mackenzie Weger, a 2025 first-round draft pick and prospect Cole Schwint. Now Kachuk also, right on the heels of this, is extended immediately by the Panthers for eight years at nine and a half million per, good for 76 million total. So Kachuk apparently had an extension pre-arranged with up to three teams, including the Panthers in an effort to help Calgary get the best return to make sure that the teams trading for him know that he's going to commit long-term to that team. Uh, Since he's only have one year left on his deal, there's risk there if you're just trading for that one year, but if they already have the extension agreed in theory, they'll pay more and they did. So Chuck said that he felt like he did it the right way. Do you agree with him? With searching for an extension beforehand? Yeah, with just the whole, like, he was up front with the flames that I got one year left, and when it's over, I'm not signing. If you want, I can go talk to some other teams, get a deal in place, help you get a little bit back more in a trade. Or you can let me play here for the rest of this year. No, I'm gone. So he just pressured them, but he's like, "I'm going to see what I can do for you
1: by getting a prearranged deal."
3: Yeah, like I don't think he necessarily demanded a trade or anything, but he was just told them straight up, "I'm not resigning."
0: Yeah, it's in your best interest to trade me. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. mind what he did there. Like as long as he did it. Legally, if you will, right? Like we know, yeah. there's there's tampering yeah, yeah. periods that that uh, can't be you can't talk in those areas that time frame or whatever. So as long as it was uh, legal in that sense, then I I think that's fine. Um, the Flames are definitely uh, taking a bit of a hit here in this last uh, few weeks with Goudreau leaving as well. So that's uh, that's going to be tough for them. But getting Huberto back is uh, not horrible. You know, he's a what top five score this year or top you know top 10 for sure um and uh as long as they can re-sign him then I don't think this is a total loss for Calgary at all
3: yeah I think he was like top three or two or something like he was right at the top of the league give it up scoring
2: yeah.
1: I mean
3: uh, I'm fine with with him doing this
1: like like Josh said like as long as no not a huge issue with tampering I don't even know if he would be in trouble for that it would be usually the teams at that point Yeah, for the uh, Uh the legal tampering period. But uh, no, it's good on him. He gave it like you said. Came up up front. Was like, listen, I'm not going to be here. But I'll get you some stuff to help out for my absence. But I'm going. Why did he want to leave?
3: Well, just for I don't think he gave a certain reason, but he just wanted to be somewhere else. Is he? Is he Canadian? No, he's from Saint Saint Louis. Like, he was born in Arizona, I think, but he's, St. Louis was his hometown, so that's where his dad was playing. Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it's, like, you often hear when a superstar leaves to free agency, like, I wish he wouldn't have left just for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you heard it with John Tavares when he came to the Leaves, and even just with, like, Johnny Gaudreau. Like, he left for nothing. Now, I don't know if the Flames would have necessarily moved him anyway because they had a good team put together trying to go on a run. He's essentially a rental at that point. But maybe they do. Maybe they try and move him to somewhere where he's going to extend and get some return back that can contribute right away. Who knows? That didn't happen. They lost Goudreau for nothing. So this way, they get Goudreau and and, – sorry, not Goudreau. They get Huberdeau and uh, Uyghur back and a first-round pick at a prospect. So they got a good return. Now, the important part of this return is that Weger and Huberto are both on their final year of their contracts this season. So I don't know if either of them are going to extend in Calgary. I don't know if you guys think they're going to or not. Maybe it depends how the year goes. But how much of an impact does that have on who won and lost this trade if at the end of the year... Huberto and Uyghur are both gone anyway. Or if they're both extended. Makes a huge difference to what Calgary got back here, obviously. Well, for sure.
0: I mean, if they can re-sign at least Huberto, then, you know, then that makes this trade probably fairly even, I guess. Um, maybe even better for for Calgary. Like you said, you're getting a top... He is top three in points this year, Huberto. So that's a you know, that's, that's big. They needed to replace the points that uh, they lost in Goudreau and Kachuk here. So obviously that's going to help out tremendously. But if one year, like one year is only one year and unless you win it next year, it means shit. If he walks away. Right. So yeah, uh, I think they really need to work hard on re-signing Huberto. I'm not sure about
3: this weaker guy. He's not uh, on my radar, if you will. So <laughs> he's, he's a good defenseman. He's, like he's not going to light up the scoreboard, but he's a good, like top pair defenseman. Okay, so that's that's good then in that sense. So,
0: um, but to lose those two guys at the end of the year, and basically then you traded Kachuk for, I mean, I guess first the way rounder. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: The prospect. Like of the it's g- it's yeah. going to be at the end of the draft probably. This floor is probably going to be pretty good next year.
3: It's not even next year. It's in twenty five. Florida does not have a first-round draft pick until the 2026 NHL draft. <laughs> Holy, Jesus my kid, my Rams. kid ups me in school. Impact huge on, on you know the the finalization and the
0: verdict of who won the trade, um, and then obviously how each each guy plays and how the team plays next year is obviously going to be a big a big thing too, right? But.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like, obviously, they've lost Gaudreau to free agency, to Columbus. I don't know why he went to Columbus, but. And um, they've lost Kachuk. And Kachuk, like, despite Hubertot having more points, Kachuk is, like, I would take Kachuk over Huberdo today if just one for one. Like, Kachuk is the better player. Uh, but they're close. Like, Huber is obviously a great player. He's top three in points. There's more to the game, obviously, than just points, but Huberto's right up there. He's a hard candidate. Uh, and I think Kachuk got some votes as well. Uh, but Kachuk's a lot younger as well. He's only 24. Huberto's 29. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that can have a big impact. Yeah, but he just uh, had a ma- monster year this year. Yeah, it's right. So he's still in his prime, but he's right at the end of it, where Kachuk's just right at the start. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the long-term prospects of these players, uh, like Kachuk is definitely a better long-term bet. Uh, But so the Flames lost Kudrow and Kachuk. They picked up Huberto and Uyghur. So how do you think they do next season? Like their core is obviously completely different now. They lost two of their best forwards. And they got a great forward back and a solid defensive back. Do you think they matched last year's success or is this going to be a major setback for the team? It's more looking like a setback at that point. Like you said, he, even
1: though Huberdor is in his prime right now, like you said, he's got a year, maybe one another year after that. And then if they don't re-sign him, like I get like what you're saying, is the success not going to be there? Probably not. I guess they got a defenseman, which will help, but yeah you still got to look to the future even after that because they didn't really they've lost more than they've gained this year yeah this this uh, upcoming season so I I don't see them changing the success plus they gotta get all new chemistry now with everybody so it's it's unlikely that
3: they'll do better to, to what I'm seeing here at least yeah I think you're probably right but in like it also depends on how you look at what better really is, because like they had 111 points last year, and they led their division, they won their division. Maybe they don't do that again. Maybe Edmonton passes them for the division. But after they beat the Stars in overtime, in game seven in round one to advance to round two, they had that crazy first game against the Oilers where it was like fucking nine to seven, five or something stupid. I forget exactly. They won that game, then they lost four straight to McDavid and the Oilers. So maybe with uh, the center coach team, maybe they need that top defenseman. Maybe that's a better build for his coaching style, and maybe they have some more playoff success. Who knows? Yeah, I think I think they're going to be right around the same, right where they are. Um, you know, they finished third
0: in the conference. In the division, like you said, Pete, <clears throat> I think they're going to re- be right around there. If they don't win the division, they'll like you said, maybe it'll be the Oilers. But they're going to be one, two. I think both of them are going to make the playoffs. And I don't think really, I don't think Kaga really cares where they finish as long as they're in the playoffs. Right? Obviously, you don't want to play the number one team if you go in as an eight seed, but you know they're they're still a you know pretty solid team. Uh Obviously, you know, losing those two guys, but you're adding Huberto. I mean, Huberto and. Goudreau had the exact same amount of points last year. So yeah. you've, you've completely supplemented one, one uh, with the other. So uh, obviously at this point, then you're looking at just the because Chuck is the only, the points you've lost here. Um, But you do add that, uh, like I said, that, that defenseman. So, and I mean, free, free agency isn't over. There could be trades. There could be all kinds of stuff before the season starts still. Um yeah. So I'm not going to say that they're, uh, You know, going to miss the playoffs or anything. I I think they'll end up being right around where they are. So, you know, either three, three, four, five, six, somewhere in there, um, finishing uh, this upcoming season. And uh, playoffs is a different kind of animal. So I can't speak to that at this point because I haven't seen them play yet.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: You're
1: absolutely, it'll be interesting in the playoffs, though, if like they added Hubert, who's a scorer for sure. But Will they be able to keep up with the scoring? They lost two huge forwards already, especially against uh, Avalanche or or uh, Oilers in the, in the playoffs, because I'm pretty sure we're going to see both of them back there. Yeah. So, but, I mean, but you got a big score back. One.
3: One. And maybe Uyghur's defensive game is good enough that you don't need to score as much. I maybe mean, not. Possible. We'll see. Probably not, but who knows? And Josh made a good point. Like the off season is not done and they have significantly more cap space now, I think because of all this, someone like Nassim Kadri is still out there. Um, Now I don't think that Kadri would come to Calgary because I'm pretty sure that there was, before the Leafs traded Kadri to Colorado, there was a trade for him to go to Calgary but he had a no trade clause. So he was able to decline that trade. There was an agreement for him to go to Calgary from the Leafs that he said no to. So I don't think he would go there as a free agent, but stranger things have happened. Who knows? And maybe that's enough to get you to sort of back to the same echelon as where you were, unless you're better on defense.
0: Yeah, they definitely got some points to make up. Like Kachuk scored 104 points last year so and like a,
3: 40 something goals.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of uh, a lot of points to make up. But we like I say there is uh, definitely lots of time left. 42 goals for Kachuk. So, but lots of time left, lots of things for them to do, and I don't know. Like I know you're saying, Jessible you're. Um, you know, the mojo and the, and whatnot between the players, but they got so much time to work on that, that I don't think that's going to be an issue. If uh, it was plus it's a long season too. So they can figure out on the go. Yeah. If it was like at the trade deadline, then I'd say, Holy shit, this is a crazy, crazy trade. you know, being near the trade deadline, you're moving these guys. And now you have only a few weeks before hockey really matters in the playoffs and you got to get your shit together. And uh, but uh, I think they got lots of time for the, for the mojo.
3: Yeah, Well, time will tell. We'll just have to wait and see if they make any other moves and uh how they actually fare this season. And how Kachuk does now in the fucking Atlantic Division with the Leafs, for fuck's sakes. Both of them there now. That's me- no fun. Man, me- fuck them. <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see. Uh What's going on in the NFL, Jesse.
1: All right, well, the main thing that happened this week was Kyler Murray gets paid. Big signing five years, 230.5 million with 160 million guaranteed. It's roughly around 46 million per year. And these quarterbacks are making money. So I'm just going to spell this out to you. I think Kyler Murray's great. I think he's a great football player. But I don't know if he has the size to stay in this league. He is listed at 5'10", and that was his big gripe during the NFL draft because he was so small. Would he be able to handle the punishment of the NFL? And he has had a lot of injuries. And the Cardinals have been one of the hotter teams to start a season, including last year. They had gone 10-2, and and then they lost four of their last five in the regular season, and then they got their ass beat by the Super Bowl champs, the Rams. Easy, easy. That game was done by halftime, bro. But so this is a common theme with not just Kyler Murray. He's doing this in the NFL, but Cliff Kingsbury, his his head coach there. uh, He's had issues. I didn't look up the the college stats for Cliff, but uh, I did see something that he struggles later in the year. He, they have a really good hot start to the year, and then they struggle down the stretch, which is what has been constantly happening here with Murray and the Cardinals. In 2020, they fin- they started the season six and three, but finished five and two down the stretch. And in his rookie season, he went three three and one, and that was after as his rookie season, so like they weren't expecting him to do too much. But that's a pretty good start for the most part for a rookie quarterback in the NFL. But then he went two and seven for the remaining games. So my question to you guys is, do you think with his small stature, will Kyle Murray live up to this contract?
0: I don't think his size really has anything to do with um, him living up to this contract. You look at Drew Brees. He was a short
3: motherfucker, first ballot, hall of famer.
1: That's true. He had, but he was a little bit
3: taller. Did did. Did Doug Flutie live up to his contract? God damn it. I don't know. I didn't look back that
2: far.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Another short guy. Like, I I don't think that the the height, obviously it can matter. Obviously being taller helps, uh, as you can throw easily over your linemen who are typically six, five or bigger. Uh, But I don't think he's going to live up to the contract because I don't think he's as good as they think he is. I I think when you look at this, his tenure work so far, they start out good, then he he shits the bed. So whether it's injuries, whether he's getting tired, uh, whether the other teams injuries, I believe, like I'm sure it is. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. hasn't really.
0: He's, I don't think he's missed a game,
1: but he has been hurt, Uh, and he's always has. It's always his hamstrings are always wrapped up or a groin
0: injury, like somebody else I know. Don't know what you're talking about. You're not even a fucking athlete anymore. (laughs) No. (laughs)
3: About the same height, too, aren't you?
1: Actually, he's taller than me. (laughs) (laughs) He's got an injury. But
0: yes. (laughs) So yeah, I I just don't think he's going to live up to the 160 guarantee and 230 over the whole five years. Uh I, I just don't think that he's going to. He's got a hell of a division to play in. Um, yeah, he does. And it's just going to be really tough for them to, uh, uh, to even like finish the second. Like you know what I mean. Like it's going to be really tough in that division. <laughs> so it all depends on what Trey Lance is going to do
1: because Shithawks Ch- yeah. are going to be fucking terrible this year. Yeah, that's true. But that's uh, true. but still, I, it's- I I think San Fran's probably going to be number two in that division too.
0: Like I can understand these guys wanting to lock him up, Arizona wanting to lock Murray up, um, but to me, he hasn't showed that he's worth two hundred and thirty million dollars. So that's where I I couldn't give him that much money. That being said, if you have to trade him, move him, uh, or he walks away in free agency at whatever point, uh, like I said but before this uh, this deal, then you could be really fucked because you could be taking two or three steps backwards depending on your draft capital and and so on and so forth. So. Um, it kind of might've been one of those things where they just had to get it done anyway. Um, like I said, just, he is a good quarterback. I, I don't have you know too many issues that way. Like he can throw the ball, he can run. I just feel like as, as you're, you showed here with their, his stats uh, or you know, record anyway, uh, isn't the greatest down the stretch. And I, I have a feeling that's going to continue.
3: Yeah. I think, I think I'm in the same uh... The same boat, like, what is how many quarterbacks are out there getting paid more than 46 million a year? not that many, not that many. Not mm-hmm.
1: that many. Not like, it's yeah, I think, I, I think it might even be a little bit less than uh, uh Josh Allen. Yeah. Like, I think Josh Allen um, because they he got his contract uh, last year, like last year. Um, yeah, I remember, yeah. I think it and was. he was uh so it, they were also given a lot of money. So it's he obviously is going to be making more than Josh Allen, and then I think uh, you got uh, Rodgers up there, Patty Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Like I don't know how much more. I know he's not the most in the league, but he's he's up there. He's like
3: like yeah, like it's a top five. five. Yeah, 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 and he's, and he's number he's two. two. He is he's number, two. A, he's number, two. He's number two. Number two. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah, no, that's an overpay for sure. Like he's
1: that, that's what it is to pay a quarterback now, man. Yeah, no, right, like
3: know. going through the top
0: five or six here, you know, you got a rod at uh, 50 million a year, Kyler at 46.1 a year, Deshaun Watson at 46 million a year, Mahomes at 45 million a year, and then Josh Allen at 43 million a year. So, you know, with the exception of Deshaun Watson and all the off field issues. I take all four of those guys before I take Cotterbury, including Aaron Rodgers, old man Rodgers.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's not, that's, that's not bad at all. But
1: like I said, like that's the going rate for these guys. And he is a do it all quarterback. He can run, he can Mm -hmm. pass really well. Um, My only issue with his stature is because there is a bigger toll on the smaller guys, especially when he has to, the way that he plays, like, yeah, we brought up breeze. He was, I think like six something. Like he he wasn't very very tall, and he was able to get everything really really well. Like he 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 got out of the way, but he didn't play the same game as Murray with all the running around and running into people and stuff like that.
2: Uh-huh. Murray's
1: a crazy escape artist, but he also holds onto the ball too much. Whereas Brees always just fucking it's like let it fly, uh-huh. and that was when why he saw his. Uh, Passing percentage so high was because he wasn't going to take hit. He knew that he, to to be in this league can't take hits. So I that's why I think it is the case. I also think him not living up to this contract. It, it depends on the coach. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't think Clip Kingsbury is a good coach. I think he, he asks like fucking Murray to run the whole offense, run around like his head's cut off, and make a big play. Like this air raid is not working in the. NA in the NFL. You have to run the ball more, and not just your quarterback running the ball. You have to have your running backs go with it, too. And who was the, who, the running back that had a huge year this year? Bunch of touchdowns. from uh, He was from the Steelers. Yeah, uh, James Conner. Yeah, so he, he was in there. He was also hurt a lot, too, but he was very, very good on the goal line, especially with Murray, because Murray is a threat to run there. Yep. And they kept scoring points that way. So, like Murray's stats could have even been even better, but they just kept they kept doing because he was leading the NFL at one point in the season in touchdowns. It's wild. But I think we're all on the same page for the most part here. Like he, him living up to that, you went through the quarterbacks. We'd all take the, the people that he's right around, minus uh Deshaun
0: Watson. I mean, I take so Deshaun long. Watson over him if as long as there's no off off field bullshit right like his talent level is he's
1: still a great quarterback yeah Yeah. and he only has one injured season like he's been really good he's just a bit of
3: a dope sounds like um also figured out either be kyle or be tyler don't be fucking kyler come on (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get all this
0: fucking hate mail from kyler's around the world now (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Uh,
1: that's funny he has a decision in the name calling i get it peter it's all it's all on him (laughs) yeah Yeah. all right his parents uh so so there's some other stuff in the nfl that happened here was the populace came out for the start of training camp i just i just grabbed a couple big names i was just curious what you guys thought of who you think will be most missed at the start of the season now these guys might still make the, the beginning of the season but some might not be they might be put on the pup list then at that point too so we got ravens actually have a bunch of guys but they were really injured last year but uh, ronnie staley who's their left tackle uh dk dobbins their running back uh, janevious white alex kappa janevious white is with bills kappas with with Bengals. David Bacchiardi with Green Bay, Darius Leonard with the Colts, Jalen Ramsey with the Rams, Brian Jones with Miami, Byron, Byron Jones, David Jones, David, that's supposed to be David Andrews, New England, and Michael Thomas with New Orleans, who has been unreal, really hasn't been around much anyways, and uh, uh, Makai Becton from the Jets. Who do you think?
0: Like, I put the Jets in there just because because he's a pretty big name, but he's a rookie, isn't he? No, okay. oh, there's a rookie. I thought that Jets just hurt himself that he's done for the year already. Pretty no, sure he's Jets. He's going into his
1: third year, Beckton, I think. Um, but yeah, who do you guys think here will be most missed by the start of the season if they're not able to get uh, Get healthy.
3: Yeah, for me, it's a guy like David Bakhtiari. Like Old Man Rogers is is back, happy days. But if you can't protect him, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a struggle in Green Bay, and I think you're going to notice it right off the bat if if uh, a guy like Bakhtiari is not there to start the season.
1: I mean, he only played one game last year, and oh, he yeah? still they uh and he still made it to the the first round by,
2: yeah.
1: So, he,
3: oh, he would have, def,
1: it would definitely help to have him for sure. <laughs> There's not a doubt, but they
3: managed to figure it out. Yeah, but how much did like? I don't have any numbers in front of you. But how much did Rodgers get sacked last year? And did that
1: he, contribute? He, he doesn't really get sacked, man. It's it's tough to sack him. He typically throws the ball away a lot. Like his his percentage would be a lot bigger if he took a little bit more risks. I find he doesn't take enough big risks for me. But maybe, but maybe that's because I'm, I'm used to it now with Stafford because he fucking risks risks the biscuit all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know about him. I think a big name here is Tradavius White for the Bills. He's a superstar corner, and he he, he they'll need him if they're going to try to make that Super Bowl run this year. Like he was great, or the Buffalo was pretty great against. Uh, the Chiefs last year in the playoffs, but they they could have used him at the end there. Maybe yeah. they wouldn't have let him score. They would have just put Travius on on uh, Terry Kill, and he would just fucking blanket him because he's one of the better cornerbacks in, in the NFL.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong there uh, with, with Tredavious. They probably will miss him. Uh, you know, hopefully there's enough talent around uh, in that secondary to kind of fill that spot. Obviously, you're not going to be able to fill – his spot uh, 100% with uh, the next guy up, but um, Pete, I agree with Bakhtiari. He was kind of my first, as soon as I was reading the list here, he was one of the guys I was like, yep, that's going to hurt, but I did not know that he only played one game last year, which is kind of crazy um, that they you know, were able to uh, to do just as well without him. Uh, I mean, thing. they could have
1: probably helped him in the playoffs. Right. They, they would have been useful there, especially against that San Francisco D, but through the regular season, they cruised along pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, the next one there for me would probably be Jalen Ramsey, but the Rams are pretty good as much as I don't want to say it. So they, you know, <laughs> I feel like they can fill the spot, you know, bring the next man up until he can come back and uh, and play. And I would like him to be back ASAP because I need him on my fantasy team this year. We got a we got a 3 P coming up, boys. Well, he's probably going to be able to make it at the start of the season. I, yeah, I read. It. He had a
1: uh, mid-season so soldier shoulder injury or surgery on his one shoulder. I guess he was playing with two busted up AC joints on both shoulders. So I think that's why his uh, coverage in the playoffs wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of times that he was beat and uh, yeah, I I think with a healthy shoulder, he'll be able to do a little bit better mm-hmm. and uh, but he didn't get the second one done. They were, I guess they were treating it all through the year. And he still played really, really well for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he doesn't start, I think it's going to be bad because it is kind of our weakest place. Like, yeah, we are we have Donald and we've got a ton of young guys in the secondary, but not, not on close to the level of Ramsey or even White for that matter.
0: Well, the next one for me is Darius Leonard. The Colts need all the help they can get. And he's a great, great linebacker. So to be yeah. able to... Have him back in in that lineup would be a huge boost to the Colts. Um, so that's another one there. Like he's he's got to be I don't know top five linebacker in the league, or he has yep. been in the in past years. Like at least when you look at fantasy wise, and I know fantasy <laughs> doesn't a hundred percent correlate to to real life, but it, it certainly does a lot. So um, that's another one where I feel the uh, the Colts could could really use that help. Yeah, and, then, and
1: they they seem pretty happy with Matt Ryan too. And he went under the knife twice this offseason for ankle and back surgery. Yeah. So he's it's he he is could be one of those guys that are unlikely to start the season, but who knows? He might make a miraculous recovery. We saw Cam Akers five months after rupturing his Achilles come back. So who yeah. knows? Like like modern science is ridiculous right now for our sports medicine. I guess. And
0: then I guess kind of the. The one that kind of flies under the radar, even though maybe it shouldn't, is Michael Thomas. Like we know that he didn't play. Did he play at all last year? I don't think so. I think he played in like one game. Uh, yeah. So, but having a guy like that, the leadership, you know, his his talent level. Although his he hasn't talent been is, much of a
1: leader though lately. That's
0: the problem with them. Well, I mean, uh, maybe more so just the experience and the tenure, and and you know, yeah, maybe guys don't lead by you know, being that vocal guy or whatever. But when he's on the field, he's definitely a leader. And he, you know, puts up lots of numbers if the quarterback can get him the ball. And that's going to be the big issue here in New Orleans. Can a quarterback get any of their wide receivers a ball? Right. Yeah, well, I think Winston's still there, right? I think he re-signed. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But and, uh, is he going to throw it to a DB or the wide receiver? I mean, we don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean he's going to throw it to the DB there's no question about that but he, I would hope that he hit a couple wide receivers I I don't know about Michael Thomas man Like eh, he's been MIA for the last like two years with injuries and stuff so it's it's weird
0: yeah like he's definitely not what he used to be but I still feel like he can uh, definitely produce and, and help that team along I don't even know where I don't even have a, a guesstimate of where those that team would end up this year it's just there are too too many pieces missing and too many pieces are from the wrong puzzle it seems like they're just ever since Breeze left it seems like it's just kind of that, that franchise kind of fell apart a bit but obviously they sell big pieces in Camara and whatnot but uh, well, he also got in trouble
1: recently with the law I think that I think the tra- uh, the charges were dropped but I think he he got in a fight or something like that, but I don't know. It's I I don't think he's he's as valuable as you think, but that's just me. Because he he's, he he ha- he is a talent, but we've only a- ever seen that talent really like twice, like in two years more or less. Like it wasn't that many. But he the one of the one years he had, I think he has like the most receptions or something like that. He, he took over for the most
2: receptions in a single season, so that would, that's, a, that's a pretty big season. Mm-hmm. Uh, But yeah, that's all I got all for the NFL. I guess we'll be heading into
1: Kev's topic.
0: <laughs> Which is nothing. Because
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, he's but, not here. <laughs> but
1: he, he would appreciate who's in the MVP
3: coming up. This week's Points and Penalties MVP, Canadian chick Brooke Henderson. Brooke Henderson won her second career major at the Evian Championship this weekend. Brooke closed out the Amundi Evian Championship strong on Sunday to win her second major, aided by three birdies in the final five holes. She closed it strong to take sole possession of first with back-to-back birdies on 14 and 15, ultimately passing Schubert on the final hole with a clutch birdie putt. She's quoted as saying, I stayed pretty patient, as patient as I could under the circumstances. Going into the back nine, the saying is that majors are one on the back nine on Sunday. So I just tried to keep that frame of mind. Knew I was still in it if I had a solid back nine,
2: and she did, and she won. So,
3: Brooke Anderson, Canadian girl, showing us how to golf, which I can golf like Brooke. Yeah, no shit. I'd even (laughs) settle for I'd even settle for just golfing with Brooke. That'd be (laughs) cool too.
1: I think this is sending out a moment of no, she's not going to be doing this anytime soon. For us. No. <laughs> but Come on know, the it's, show, Brooke. It's we'll out there, interview it's out there
3: Brooke. <laughs> so, for bringing a championship to Canada, Brooke Henderson, this week's MVP. Oh, yeah. cheers. cheers. Cheers.
0: Congratulations. Oh, he's got beer everywhere. Way to go supposed to shake it (laughs) but my bad that's pretty good for Brooke there uh winning that you know she did have one it feels like it was maybe her first season she seemed like she just kept winning winning and she was doing really good and then everybody was was all high on her and then she kind of took a step back and then she seems to have gotten her uh her game back a little bit and has been more competitive and being in the top uh handful of uh, golfers, and uh, it's great to see her uh, get this W. And like you said, Pete, bring a major championship back to Canadian soil. So. I take so. your advice on playing on the back nine
3: because that's where I struggle. <laughs> yeah, I just got to figure out my front nine because back nine for me is always better. Don't know why. Because your nine holes, I do it already. You've already taken yeah.
0: fifty-five fucking strokes, so you're. I think it's
3: because I'm a few beers in. Uh, that's what i think it's really just show
0: up drunk then bud (laughs) got you got the aiming juice in you already you ready to go yeah you topped up part the right amount of a
1: beer
3: as soon as you you get to the course yeah i'll have to wake up at like 5 a.m for an 8 a.m tea off and just start fucking down in caesars and irish (laughs) coffees whatever show up wobbling ready to go all right (laughs) boys uh we're as i
0: said before we you know we've taken a couple of weeks off here so we got a a rather large blue jays roundup to get through here um hopefully i don't keep blabbing on and uh hopefully oh, we won. don't yeah probably hopefully <laughs> we don't lose <laughs> listeners though you know that only happens throughout the hockey segments yeah it's just hockey yeah. hey oh hey <laughs> whoa so first off uh blue jays were playing like shit prior to the all star break and uh, the upper brass decided that a change was needed and they decided to uh, give Charlie Montoyo his pink sheet and he, they fired his ass, um, Give him the separation papers. Uh, so without going too much into, you know, maybe why he was fired and what have you, because I don't know if we really know other than just that they were underachieving. The blue Jays were, um, you know, was firing Montoya, the right move. And, and did he take the fall for the underachieving players? You know, I mean, none of the Jays are playing great, you know, bull was hitting, but not, you know, he was shit at the beginning then he got hot and then, you know, but
1: he slowed was, down again though. No
0: right. Word. And obviously that's going to happen throughout, throughout a season for any player, um, but uh, what do you guys think? Do you think that Charlie took the fall for the underachieving team, or do you think it was his managing that made the Jays, uh, you know, as shitty as they were, even though they're not horrible?
3: <laughs> I, I think it's it's a bit of both. I think I think it was the right move to get rid of them, and um, clearly it's working so far. They're eight and one sense. Mm-hmm. But um, – I think a change needed to happen because the team clearly wasn't performing to expectations. Now, from what we've seen most of this year, I don't put a, a ton of that on Montoyo. Like you can tell that there's clearly players that are just not living up to their expectations or playing up to their expectations. And I don't know if that's really on Montoyo's management, but at some point the team's struggling. The head's got to go. Um, and I I was not a huge fan of Montoya anyway. Like a, some choices he made um, were questionable. Even going back to last season, like expectations last season were for the playoffs. They came up short, albeit only by a game, but still. Um, so if it was me, he would have been on the nice half last year. And then after the start they had, I think it was the right, the right decision to make. Yeah, I've always said that I was not a fan of Charlie Montoya. Here with you guys
1: all the time, I'm just like, I don't care for him. I think he overshifts too much. I like shifts in the game. I, I've always been a big proponent of having that, but he overshifts a little bit here. And that was what I saw early on in the season was just a lot of balls getting to the side that didn't have anyone playing on there. And <clears throat> I... There was other things too. He brought in pitchers at different times that I didn't really understand. Yeah, the batting order was was fine, I guess you could say. Was there wasn't a whole lot of change in there, mm-hmm. or needed to be changed? It's a hundred percent right that, or you guys are hundred percent right that they are all under achieving there. Like a lot of the players, Laddie Kirk, really. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, you're right. He's uh, he's, uh, he's having a breakout season for sure. But um, Vladdy's really not playing well. Like we knew that there was he wasn't going to pro- probably put up the same numbers as last year. But this what he, has happened now is quite the the decrease in pr- production. Uh, so you, you, I guess you could say it, it's a little. You can blame a little bit underachieving. But I, ne- I never really cared for Charlie Montoya and his, his game. So and I think you needed to get rid of him. One, because I didn't like his managing style.
0: And two, you needed to shock the team. Uh-huh. And that's what it did. Yeah, you're right. I mean, hundred percent, sometimes you know, you have to make a move, even though it, uh, you know, maybe the, the coach didn't have anything to do with, I mean, obviously a coach will always have something to do with winning and losing, but, um, but like you said, you have to have the, take the headstone fall and, and uh, you know, take that top guy down type thing. And, and it's gonna, like I said, shake everything up. People have a new respect for the game again. They, you know, have a new respect for their, or maybe mean, just a renewed respect for their new bench, but bench boss. Um, you know, obviously they still, uh, like John Schneider's been great for a long time. Uh, lots of guys really like him personally, and you know his personality that way. And then obviously, uh, he's he's obviously doing something right to be uh, to be where he is now as the interim. Um, who knows what He's, will happen in the future if he uh, you know, becomes uh, full-time or whatever, uh, like hired as the head coach. But For sure. But like, it's just interesting. The first couple games I
1: watched, like I got excited for the Jays again. I, I wanted to see the games and how aggressive all the players were playing. Like he, he wanted them to be more aggressive. So he let yeah. the players just play.
0: Yeah. And they, he changed up the lineup a bit. Like he bumped up Vladdy into the two hole, um, and his his thought process there was to get him as many as bats as he can, and just moving up that one slot will you know might get you an extra bat a game. You know,
1: yeah, well, so that's that's obviously gonna the games help. changed a bunch too. Where
0: your best hitter now
1: is at two, more Pretty than well, three. Yeah. Yep. So, um,
0: yeah. I, so I was surprised when it happened. I wasn't surprised that it happened. It's just the timing. I thought that they would. Not that the the season was already toast, and if it was, then they probably could have just left it until the end of the year to fire them type thing, uh, or three-quarters of the way through the year. I just didn't think that they would do it at this point, being that they were, you know, still on the playoff hunt, you know, for wild card and whatnot. I figured they would still just let it ride. Uh, But they obviously said that, uh, you know, a mediocre wild card spot is not not enough, and they wanted to be better, and and they want to try and – up that uh standing ladder and I mean they have a little bit uh since since the firing. Like you said, Jess, they're eight and one since uh Montoyo being fired. They've scored a shit ton of runs, which we'll get into uh in a few minutes here. But it wasn't just that one game. They've been scoring runs uh pretty much since since Montoya was uh was Good. let go. So um and that's what you need to to win ball games, right? You need a some offense and you gotta have some tight defense. So um, speaking of offense and some defense, even though we're a mediocre wildcard team, uh, we still were good enough to get uh, six guys to the all star game. Uh, only five actually went to LA. George Springer made it as the, uh, one of the outfielders, but he said he was not going to play uh, due to his nagging elbow issue, and so he wanted to get a little bit more rest, which is a okay with me. Uh, I need him to uh, stay healthy and to get hits and home runs and those springer dingers for the Jays and for the old fantasy team. So I didn't really have too much issue with him not playing in the all-star game. Of course, he's one of my favorite players uh, on the Jays. So I would have liked to have seen him, but not the end of the world to uh, to see him there. Um, so the other five Jays, Alec Manoa, Alejandro Kirk, of course, Vladi, Santiago Espinal, and Jordan Romano. Now, Alec Manoa was a lot of people's highlight of the entire day, the, the entire All-Star game. Uh, he was mic'd up. He was absolutely amazing while, uh, listening to him uh, being mic'd up. He was great on the mound. He was only in for an inning, as everybody knows, that it's an All-Star game, so you don't get much playing time. Everybody's got to get in there. Well, everybody except one, uh, <laughs> but uh, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> so he got his inning uh he was the second pitcher uh in for the AL uh, behind
3: uh who, who the hell started for for the AL I can't think of who the hell it was now damn Do you remember who the starter was I didn't see the game so I didn't damn, I can't remember who it was now I
0: anyway, know it doesn't matter he was he came in the second inning you would L- think maybe it would be like Shane O'Mac or something like that oh no it yeah it was um yeah it was McClenahan, okay. it was McClenahan. yeah and he got fucking lit up he got lit up for the two runs two runs and four hits i think uh he got lit up for and then the al shut them down the rest of the way starting with when inning here and he got to 3k so he struck out the side on his his inning of work and That's it was great impressive yeah man um like i said he uh he was mic'd up, and it was pretty sweet hearing him mic'd up. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to to listen to and to watch uh, his inning while being mic'd up, you should definitely YouTube that and figure it out. Um, make sure you uh, come on by the Points of Penalties uh, channel and subscribe. But <laughs> but then you go go ahead and look for Minoan is uh, mic'd up antics, just saying some fun stuff. Like, you know, he uh, you know, throws a pitch by a guy and, and says, oh, there's one. You know, just, just being right live, right by you, <laughs> through a <laughs> bio. Uh, just, just saying some funny stuff. Uh, they were, the American telecast was kind of interviewing him as they were playing. And, you know, they're talking back and forth. And it was John Smoltz was on the other end uh, interviewing him. And uh, so Manoa asked Smoltz what he wanted him to throw. And with that particular instance, Smoltz wanted a, a, back, foot, a back foot slider down and inside. Manoa was all but happy to oblige. He ended up throwing a front foot slider, uh, and he was like, "Oh, my bad, John. My bad. I <laughs> threw a front foot. Sorry, man. My bad." But uh, it was just—it was pretty fun to to hear. And I always like when they do this, no matter if it be a pitcher or you know, a lot of times they do the shortstop or whatever. I I really like this uh, uh, this addition to the All Star game, and I wouldn't mind in the regular season. But I realized that yeah, that's something that you might more be. serious. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so Manoa was great for me. He was the best all-star, uh, in a Blue Jays uniform. Uh, uh, he was, he was just awesome. I really enjoyed watching him pitch. And as I do in a, in a Blue Jays uni here at home or, uh, or in the, uh, the gray and gold for the, the old AL now standout Alejandro Kirk, as we had mentioned, uh, this is kind of a breakout year for him. He was a starting uh, catcher. He was in for I think four innings, four maybe five innings. Uh, you get two at bats. He was went 0 for two, so his uh, his offense didn't uh, didn't come out and play. But you're also against all the fucking superstar pitchers, too. So it's uh, it's definitely more difficult to get hits. Um, now I read a little uh, article, a uh, little blurb that said that Kirk was apparently calling inside fastballs when Pujols was up to bat, when Pujols was a DH uh, for the NL, NL and he only got one at bat. Um, but I guess, uh, it seemed like Kerky was trying to try to feed him one so that he could give him maybe, a gift. Yeah. Give him yeah. a little gift. Give him a little, a little, uh, you know, nice fastball inside for a quick, quick home run or something for, for pool holes. We know that pool holes was in the home run derby, uh, the day before. So maybe just give him one last, uh, home run in the mid midsummer classic, which I thought was, you know, it's a good idea. Um, for a guy like Poolholes, I wouldn't do it for anybody else unless, you know, maybe a Miggy as well, just, be, you know, based on this is probably your last go at it. And it's, it's, I mean, obviously it's a competitive game because it means something in the playoffs, um, winning this game, but at the same time, these guys are kids when they are out there, they are having so much fun, just enjoying being with all the top end guys and, and having a hell of a time. Uh, so I don't mind feeding him these fastballs to try and get him to get a big hit. Uh, he did hit it to about the warning track. Bulls did, uh, but uh, couldn't muscle it over the wall. But what are your guys' thoughts on feeding him fastballs or or feeding feeding anybody fastballs just so they can hit one out in, in a game like this?
3: I, I like it. It's 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 respect. Respect for the guy who's had a great career and it's obviously in his last All-Star game. And the game does have an impact on like you know, what is it? The winner gets home in the World Series. Yeah, yeah, but like it's not a huge, huge deal. So I, I don't mind this at all. I like it. Try to get the guy one last home run. It's not like you're giving it to him. You still gotta no. do it. Yeah. You still gotta hit he, the ball.
1: He's still gotta do his job, and the yeah. pitcher might just overpower him. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: so I don't mind this one bit.
1: I like it. No, yeah, I'm fine. I'm exact same sentiment with what you're thinking, Pete. Like,
3: not a big deal. Last go ahead,
1: go around for him here at the Midsummer Classic, and Kurt just trying to make sure he has a good one, I guess.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and and even the pitcher, um, Blackburn, I believe is his name from Oakland. He was Oakland's only uh, All Star, and and he was also in this article because he was pitching to Pauls at this time, and. He said he was down for it. He said he kept calling them inside fastballs and he wasn't shaking. He was just, just fine giving him these inside fastballs. And it seemed like he would have been just as, just happy, just as fine, happy to, to have a uh, hit one out on him. And uh, that, you know, like I said, it's a respect thing. And I think it would be, although it, as a pitcher, it sucks to give up home runs and you feel bad and whatever, because there's nothing your defense can do in, in an instance like this, I think uh, I think most pitchers will be gladly give up a home run to a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Continue on with our other all stars. We had Vladdy. He uh, was the MVP last year. Uh, there was thoughts so that maybe he could be the back to back MVP, but he didn't do a damn thing uh, in this game. He went old for two. Uh, he did make one nice little stretch uh, on a really nice double play. Uh, Cleveland Indians uh, second baseman Jimenez kind of backhanded behind the back little flip over to uh, – I can't remember who the shortstop might have been. I uh, can't remember who it was now. Anyway, they rifled it over to – after stepping on the bag, rifled it over to first base and uh, made a hell of a play. And Vladi had to stretch a little bit, but uh, that was pretty much the highlight for Vladi's uh, all-star game, which obviously we would prefer some, some big hits. It would have been nice to see a fucking – Massive bomb, but uh, alas, it didn't work out. No big D, it's just a fun game, anyway. And then uh, Santiago, Santiago Espinal, he ended up being a, uh, a reserve, I guess, if you want to call it, uh, at second base. He was 0 for 1 with a walk, his defense was on point as per usual. Uh, but uh, his... so I just got a question: Whatever happened to El Tude? Um, because you would have thought he would been at second. Well, Altuve was initially the starter, I believe, but didn't play. I think because of an injury or something like that, that. He's having a pretty good season this year. Yeah, and yeah I'm pretty
1: sure he hundreds, was. Andres Jimenez and and Espinel. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Esma having a great season for him. But yeah, it's it's not a whole lot of
0: talent at that uh, Keystone. At the Keystone, yeah, yeah. I think mostly because. Uh, I'm pretty sure Altuve was the starter. He was supposed to be. He got the votes, but he did. You know, it seemed like like Springer just said, "No, I'm not playing for whatever, like his his uh, injury, whatever." I'm pretty sure that's that was the case uh, for Altuve. So, yeah. but yeah, so his defense was good. Obviously, he's not there for his offense, even though his offense has been pretty good this season uh, in Espinal. Uh, but it was nice to see him out there and uh, making some plays and whatnot. I mean, he did better than our other two uh, All Stars. Yeah, this is true. This is true. You got on base. <laughs> and then one that kind of uh, bites my ass the wrong way is uh, Jordan Romano. He is the best closer in baseball right now, or at least in the AL. And he kind of got screwed because they didn't even give him a chance to pitch in the all-star game. Um, brought in uh class a as the closer. He got all three of his outs in the ninth inning. And that was the ball game. I um, I guess, they were kind of thinking that maybe because the NL was only, they only lost by one. So they, I think the thought process was, you know, just in case um, they can, if, if the NL were to come back and score that run, then they could bring in Romano to shut it down. Um, that didn't happen. They didn't need it. Class A was good enough to, uh, to get all his outs, but it kind of, kind of ticks me off just in the sense that all these guys, you know, they work hard all year or for the first half of the year and they get at these votes, they get in there. You're, you're an all-star. Every other person gets on that field except for you. How pissed off would you be that you don't even get a batter? You know, like there's, if you look at the stats, everybody was like inning, 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 inning. The first four innings were pretty much all starters. They all pitched their first four innings or, or sorry, they got all got three, three outs pitched the entire inning. And then they started going committee wise, which I understand you got to get all those bullpen guys in and that type of thing. Um, and then some guys got a point one of an inning. Well, point one is only one out. So why couldn't you give Romano one out? That's, that's what I would have liked to have seen. Um, you know, I don't know who would have got the save if it were, if you put class A out there and he gets the first two outs and then you say, okay, that's good enough. Let's bring Romano in and he gets the last out. I'm not sure who would actually get the save there, but who cares in an all-star game? Nobody really cares if you get the W or if you got the save in an all-star game. You just, it's all about just being there. So for me, I feel like Romano got screwed here by not being able to pitch in in this all-star game. Um, It's just the experience that he's, you know, obviously he got the experience of the whole weekend, hanging out with the guys in the bullpen, all that stuff. But being on that stage uh, he didn't get to do. And uh, that that really sucks for him. And and being the best pitcher, best closer in the game, uh, in my opinion, anyway, I think that they should have given him a shot. Uh, I don't know if it was a bit of Canadian bias, whether it be the team or the player, both being Canadian. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I think he got screwed, and that it pissed me off that uh, that he didn't get a chance to pitch. I mean, you're not wrong with like
1: probably the best for the AL. Um, I think I think Chad Green's up there though. He's been pitching really well for the Yankees. I don't think he has the amount of saves because Chapman was there for the most part, but. He still has
0: blown a couple saves this year. Well, still. I mean, shit happens, but yeah, he's still I mean, really good for sure. Either way, he, even if he wasn't, even in the, you know, I mean, if, as long as he made it, he was obviously going to be a top reliever to make it to begin with. So there's so many relievers out there. So, you know, you can only put so many on the All Star game and then to not put him in it just kind of irks me.
3: Yeah. Well, hopefully it hurts him too. And, um, Play the rest of this year next with a chip on his shoulder. Sure. Get back to another All Star game and
1: mm-hmm. or play the rest of this year out and get us a championship.
3: Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, I remember like we were talking about this on All Star night and uh, or maybe it was the next day and Jess, I think it was you that said you're okay with it because it doesn't. There's no opportunity for him to get hurt. You know, being out there and yeah, he still gets the uh you know the the whole All Star experience. He just doesn't get to sit on the hump. But um, and I can appreciate that the whole injury thing but uh, I feel like this is just too big of a an event for this guy to get screwed out on
3: and I was yeah and it sucks to be the only guy yeah <laughs> <For> <laughs> Like sure. if there there's a handful that didn't get in there for whatever reason okay mm-hmm. but you're the only guy that didn't get to play yeah at least everyone else know, played yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah. I'm sure I could be frustrating but um, you yeah. know he's
1: going to get back there next year
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he did an interview and he, you know, he said he was disappointed, but uh, he, he, you know, he understands the game and the way it works and, you know, all all that shit. And, and I mean, they didn't have any pitches left other than Romano. So literally if the NL would have, would have tied it up, you know, class has got to finish the game and it could go three innings. Right. So that I understand keeping a guy Um, for me, I would have kept a lesser middle reliever for the guy I didn't put in because then he just goes in and finishes the last four innings if need be. Right. I mean, yeah. obviously at that point you put pools in and he throws some pitches, obviously that's NL, but uh, you know, you, I mean, you can put a, you can put a position guy in there because you don't, obviously these coaches, these managers can't, they can't waste a, a pitcher's arm because of an all-star game. I, I, I get that. Right. So uh, I, like I said, they should have, Coach there should have – the manager should have made a better use of Romano, in my opinion. And I'll give him the first out of the third – or the, of the ninth inning if you want Classy to get the save. Like, fuck, just, just put him in there, god damn it. Yeah.
3: Or just, like, get rid of the rule that you can't – like, is there any reason you couldn't pay a play a pitcher again? Other I mean – Other in, than the rule? In a
0: regular rule, you can't. In a regular game, you can't. But oh, you know, can't exactly. Yeah. In, in an all-star game, I think you could probably adjust that rule. I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. Right. Get rid of that rule. And maybe yeah. if it That's says good. only in extras, you could bring a guy back.
1: It's also really dangerous
0: yeah. doing that, though, because yeah, for sure. they're, they're warmed
1: up, and then they just cooled right off, and to warm yourself back up is
0: could do a lot of damage, because typically mm-hmm. you got to rest. S- especially with a starter. Like A, a reliever would, wouldn't be as bad, because they're constantly up and down, up and down. <laughs>
2: right, with, but they and, still, uh, even after they pitch
1: that game, they still have like almost 24 hours to get their arm ready for the following day, yeah. And even mm-hmm. then, they it's rare that they even go three
0: straight days. Mm-hmm. The relievers,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you guys see anything else, uh, cool and exciting from All Star? I mean, obviously, the home run derby was uh, pretty good. Julio Rodriguez, I don't know if you guys saw awesome. him at all, he was, was fucking awesome, destroying the baseball. Um, I think it was a record too
1: for uh... Or the first for the from the first two rounds, it a round or two. Yeah. yeah, he hit
0: like 32 in the first round or something like that, and that like 31 in, the,
1: 31 in the second
0: or something yeah. like that. And then, yeah, well, wow. but but didn't win. Nope, <laughs> okay, nope. So. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I had put I put a bet on uh Pete Alonzo just because he won his what is he back to back? I think, yeah, a three Pete. So, figured a big chance, but no avail. Well, I know we talked about football a little earlier, but I do want to touch on another football game. Oh, wait, it's still baseball. Sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. I thought the, what, Jays, what I thought the Jays were playing football. I don't know. They scored so many fucking runs. I thought it was a football <laughs> game. My bad, my bad.
1: No, it's more than anything the Bears could muster up at
0: this oh, point. Oh, this right? is definitely. Oh, hey, this yo, is definitely hey. I mean, they get the five. They get the same amount <laughs> as the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. A field goal and a safety, safety boys. And a field goal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> all right. So this aforementioned football baseball game, Friday night, the Jays had the sticks working. Uh, they scored in all but two innings uh, versus Boston. They had seven runs coming in the third inning, eleven runs in the fifth inning, on route to a twenty-eight to five victory. Yes, Ooh. I said twenty-eight runs. Ooh. That is insane. And literally, that is like a football score. It like, is dude, a football score. Like like if that, someone
1: gets a safety, but yeah, <laughs> that, that awesome. is
0: nuts. So the 28 runs sets a Blue Jays record for runs scored in a game. The previous best was in uh, versus Baltimore in 1978 when they scored 24 runs. The Jays also scored 40 runs in that series versus the Red Sox, which is new, uh, now a new franchise record for the Jays. Ooh. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, fuck all oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, all the starters had at least two hits, and all the starters except for Kirk had at least one RBI. Uh, Fucking superstar, couldn't get an RBI. Yeah, you know, he was too tired from his, uh, his catching duties in the All-Star game. Yeah, but how many runs did he get? Probably a bunch. He might have. I didn't look at that, yeah. But uh anyway, so Gurriel Jr., he had six hits tying our boy Frank Caliando's franchise record. Frank Caliando.
1: Oh. Base hit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, a little inside story to that. Uh, we were in Pittsburgh for our Leaf game. Leaf and Penguins game, and some random fucking guy was wearing a Jays jersey.
1: And we were right beside him at the great. Urinal Station, yep. and, and he was fucking singing the Jays. <laughs> 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 it's fucking hilarious.
0: So obviously, six hit is uh, great. That was good for my fantasy team on Friday. Put up uh, I think 15 points with those six hits and all, all his ribbies and uh, so on and so forth. So that was great. Uh Geno. Came up with two big uh, home runs. And then we had Chappie and Tail also with solo shots. And the biggest home run slash defensive gaffe uh, of the game was an inside the park grand slam from Rimal Tapia off of aforementioned a horrible gaffe out in center field. Uh, I can't remember who the outfielder was offhand, but uh, someone said Duran. Was Origen. it Duran Duran? Yeah. So he's playing his center field spot and the ball is hit and it is well, well over uh, the outfielder's head ends up hitting basically the top of the wall, but he has no clue where it is. Throws his hands up. Doesn't know where it is. It hits the wall and he literally pulls a slow pitch uh, mentality after turning around and seeing it bounce off the wall. And he kind of just stood there. He didn't go for it. Didn't do anything.
2: <laughs> like, he did. He's
0: like, Oh, it got by me. Oh, well, whatever. No big deal. And then you see, I think it was Verdugo coming in from, uh, from what our left or right fielder, I think it was left field, and just booking it to come over and get the ball to rifle it back in. Meanwhile, Tappy is already rounding third base because he's fast as fuck. And it was two outs, so all the other runners are already off the hop on the bat uh, uh, and off the swing. So it was pretty much it. It was an easy inside the park run. Some. He didn't even slide into home. He stood
3: up. He did, but he didn't have.
0: No, he didn't need to. But- <laughs> So, just a massive gaff here by uh, by the Red Sox in one of the smallest ballparks in the league. It's just crazy that that he you can round the bases uh, like this. So
3: yeah, I, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, Tapia's reaction after he hit it because he hit it and then he his body language is soft. That's a yeah little sack fly. Goddamn! I'm gonna start coasting to first. I have to. And I think that fucked up the center fielder. He thought it was going to be shorter than it actually was. Cause it was close. It landed on like the warning track. Like it could have been a home run. Not quite, but it was, you know, wasn't ne- for sure not going to be. But Tapia's body language said otherwise. And I think, I don't know if that fucked him up or not. And then you're right. After it fell behind him, he just, what oh, the fuck? I don't know. If, I don't know if that's because. By the time he actually found the ball. Right. The, the other ground. player was, already there, was probably no. already closer. Yeah, for sure. It just looks
0: bad when you watch the video because he literally <laughs> just stands there and there's the ball is there. And then you see the other player come in and sliding in to like to get the ball as quickly as he possibly can and whatnot. But it literally looks like he's like, Oh fuck, I got burned, and then like, well, oh, well whatever, it's just slow pitch. <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> just so <what> it <laughs> seemed <laughs> so there are a few people we know that do play that
3: definitely fucked up. Definitely. He probably thought it was already a blow a game when it was 7-0 at that point. Yeah, exactly. He thought that was, you know, <laughs> okay, they scored a bunch. This game's over by yeah. 7. Little it's did the- he know what was ahead. Yeah. I'm going home. I'm done. <laughs> so the
0: 28 runs against the Red Sox was the most that they've given up to any team since losing to Cleveland in 1923. Ooh. When they lost like
3: 27 the to three, almost 100 years. Isn't that <laughs> crazy? I, I was che- like, so I I was driving when this game was going on to my parents' place. When I got <laughs> there, I walked in, I looked at the score, it said 23 to whatever. And I said, oh, some idiot fucking fucked up the scoreboard trying to change it to <laughs> a three. <laughs> my dad says, no, no, they got 23. I said, holy fuck. And then, um, in the 8th or ninth, I forget what it was, um, Janna was back at the plate and there was two men on. And the record, the all-time record in the MLB run scored in the game is 30. Yeah. So the 31st run was at bat and it was Janna going for the hat-trick home runs. I was cheering for him to get it. but That would have been awesome.
0: It didn't happen. I mean, a hat-trick in home runs is few and far between in a in a pro game, let alone yeah. getting that. But imagine four the most runs ever. Yeah, uh, I've been a hell, and he's been playing
1: really
3: well as he went, since going back. Stay yeah. off the fucking IL. Yeah, and I think he took a big chop at one, but it uh, came up short. Towards a monster or something, I forget. Anyway, all right. So
0: after the last couple of weeks, we had the firing. You know, yeah, I was the All Star break, and the guys got some rest um you know the other guys got a, a major uh cool experience playing with all these other superstars uh, in the league and whatnot and i'm sure they had a hell of a time i know manoa had a great time uh, after his inning you know shirt was untucked he's got the the viper sunglasses on he looks like he had a beer in his hand like it was a big gatorade cup but i guarantee you there was a beer in there and <laughs> it, he was it looked like he was just having a blast on the on the bench and whatnot. And, and I mean, everybody was, it, it's that it's, it's a fun, fun atmosphere uh, in the all-star game. So, um, but between, you know, between that and the guy, the other guys being able to rest up over the all-star break, the Jays going eight and one since firing Montoyo. They are currently set sitting in second place uh, in the AL East. They're 12 and a half games back of New York. They are one and a half games up, I guess, if you will, for the uh, first wildcard spot. So with this change here, with, the, you know, the changes in, in all this, uh, the, the extra rest time, the change in, in coaching, do you think the Jays can hold on to this number one wildcard spot for the rest of the season? And if they can, or if they can even be better, is it possible that they can catch the Yankees? No. No one no?
3: <laughs> I think they hang on to the first wildcard spot. Um they might drop out of it, but I don't think they drop out of the playoffs. Like the teams right in the wild card hunt are all very close. Mm. Um, so I could see some shuffling there. I'll say they hang on to the top spot, but I could easily see them falling out of it, uh, but not out of the playoffs. No chance they catch the Yankees. Zero, None. not up. It's over. I mean, I originally said that they'd catch them
1: when they were on the hot streak couple many episodes back but then they shit the bed and the Yankees kept doing their thing. They fell way behind. I think it was like closer, like it was like nine games or something like that. Why I said that. But at this point, I'm going to have to agree with Peter. And I know Yosh, I think you said as well that they were going to catch him. Uh, I do not think they're going to catch him now. I have not sticking to my guns because as good as this team has been, the Yankees have looked scary, scary, good um holding on to the number one wild card spot i could definitely see that for sure there's not there's, there's definitely a chance that they continue this and this is what they were meant to be right they were supposed to be this good of a team so i can definitely see them continuing this and hold on to that wild one number one wild card spot for the end of the season
0: yeah i yeah I, i'm definitely on the same page here as much as i'd like them to uh to challenge the Yanks for the top spot, they have been so frigging good that it looks like they are unstoppable. Yeah, um, you know, exactly. between Judge and Stanton, those guys have just been hitting bombs left, right, and center. Even Rizzo, Rizzo's been
1: tearing it up at hitting home runs.
0: Yep, Rizzo's fine. They, you know, I mean, uh, they brought in Matt Carpenter, who's been a hell of a lot better than Joey Gallo, uh, hmm. so that has obviously helped. Uh, Isaiah kinnear falefa has been fucking great he's a, big, a great addition from uh, from Texas uh, over this past season here um and like they just look unstoppable it, it's it's insane and i hate saying that cuz i hate the fucking yankees but uh but it's going to a... they're going to have to really fall off the edge of the cliff for the jays to catch them and then the jays need to keep lighting it up or that you know that's cuz this is essentially i mean yeah it's only 12 and a half games back but
1: yeah, but there's so much less time now, too. Exactly. There's, like yeah. they were nine games back when I said it, or nine mm-hmm. and a half games back. And I was like, well, there's still lots of time to catch them. Like they're gonna go through a cold streak. And they have because mm-hmm. they were when the Jays were shit in the bed, they were like it was like 16 or something like that, 16 and a half back. And then mm-hmm. they've brought it within four games up, which is very impressive against the Yankees team that has been like we said, like we said, unstoppable, very dangerous. It is wild like how good they're playing. I know I was one of the guys that never s- didn't think that they would be this good. I think, Peter, you were saying they'll be there. But I don't yeah. think you expect them to be this good.
0: No, that's right. I think all of us had them like in the three spot in the AL East, though. Like, I think all of us thought we were like Jays. It's going to be Jays and Rays, right? Like, yeah,
3: Jesse had them for I don't remember.
0: Well, okay, but I'm just <laughs> saying like I don't think any of us had them as number one team in the AL East. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Well, hopefully, uh I mean hopefully they can catch him somehow. It would be fucking sweet if they did. I, I think it is a, a, a stretch at this point. Um so just aim for that number one wild card spot and uh
3: get into the playoffs and see I what mean, they can do. you think adding someone like Juan Soto might help get someone in the quest to catch the Yankees. They're not getting Juan Soto, man. There's no way
1: as much as I would love to have him he just turned down 440 million dollars
0: i get it's with the nationals but do we really have that money i mean we do if we don't want to sign fucking and, and vlad
1: yeah right yeah.
0: when they're yeah. when their time comes so and at the
1: same time you could argue like juan is like juan hasn't had a good season this year his average is terrible but he still has a great ops cuz he, all he does is hit you know, home runs and walks so he's turning into like the typical uh, outfield, there where they just hit bombs and fucking take bases, which is good, but that's not who he is. He's he's a super talented player, one of the best. And uh, I don't think we can afford him, but I think the other team
0: might be able to. <laughs> one that we're trying to catch. <laughs> yeah, well, they cannot. They they'll just pay. They don't give a fuck, right? They yeah. just. Get into that luxury tax. What's luxury tax?
3: Exactly.
0: Yeah, I don't think that they have a chance of getting them. Um, You know, I mean, obviously, he he would help no matter – he's going to help any team. Um, There's not one team that couldn't use a Juan Soto. But when you look at our outfield, like, we have – five solid guys like obviously two of them are not offensive guys but they're there for their defense and now tapia has been playing his offense been pretty good as of late but um, yeah i'm shocked at how well he's been playing because like
1: he was in colorado he wasn't this good and that's that's
0: a hitter's dream right there so it's it's yeah but maybe not for him though because it's a smaller ballpark right so he (laughs) He, and he's not this big home run guy. He's he's a get it down and get it into the gap and hit a triple. Right. So, right.
1: But like with the altitude in, in yeah. Colorado where they play, like that's where a lot of the home runs come, right. Cause the air is thinner up there for yeah. sure. Less drag. So it's easier to hit home
0: runs, but I think it, he, he would thrive in a place like Oakland though, where it's a massive ballpark <laughs> and he can put the ball down on the grass And get it in a gap and hit triple after triple after triple. Like,
1: not too many people you can say that would fucking go to Oakland and you'll fucking be a great hitter.
0: Well, I just mean because of the fucking ballpark size, like you know. But I mean, it's Oakland we're talking about. It's not like they're any good. (laughs) But they will be again in a couple years. Yeah, of course, of course. So that's what they do. All right, guys. That's uh. That's about it for the old Blue Jay segment. Didn't uh, quite ramble on as long as I thought I might, but you did uh, I <laughs> ramble on. That's right. Hey, somebody had to fill Kev's segment with fucking ah. jibber jabber, right? <laughs> all right, who's gonna take on this penalty box here? All right, I'll yeah. It. Hey, all there right, you go,
1: bud. I'll do it for you. All right, so we got Charles Leclerc. Uh, he is in our penalty box for blowing a race in the French Grand Prix.
2: Formula. Uh.
1: Formula. Formula. Uh.
0: <laughs> say it. Say crap. Say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did you just say? I love pancakes.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, uh good old Talladega nights. So, who ended up winning was uh, Max uh, Verstappen. He won after Charles Leclerc crashes, uh, and he claims that it was his mistake. He was shit in the bed. Uh, It is the third time this season that the 24-year-old has failed to finish a race after having led. Leclerc has converted only two of his seven pole starts into wins which i just learned is when you're at the front i didn't know that before
3: but um, i'm learning me neither i learned too
1: <laughs> good thing we got Yosh around. or did you read yep. that yosh
3: no no pole
0: position right. is uh, it's, it's definitely the first okay, i initially thought it was if you were in if you were in one or two but i'm pretty sure if you are the number one like you're the fastest qualifying uh, laps and whatnot. i you knew
1: know. that's how they how they figured that's out the, the placing pole. I knew that that it was uh it was how you finished in the qualifying, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I did not know it was called pole position.
0: Yeah, pole position is number the number one spot because you you I mean you have the lead right off the hop, right? Like even though it's green, light and goal, you're still technically your car is five feet ahead of the other cars. So technically.
1: Yep. And so with this latest gifting for Verstappen. We're Verstappen. We're we're The opportunity to open up uh, a 63-point gap in the uh, Drivers' Championship. So I figured this out too. Uh, Charles Leclerc has not won one. But he's won a couple races, so that's that's the good thing. Uh, So if he loses the championship by 32 points at the end of the season... Or sorry, he is saying, if I lose the championship by 32 points at the end of the season, I will know where the, they're coming from, and it's unacceptable. I need to get on top of those things. So he's yeah. understanding his huge mistake, which was massive. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it's it's a lesson quickly learned.
0: Yeah, you know, I was watching, and I I don't even. Like I wasn't watching the race, but I was watching the replays of, of his spin out, and that's all it really was. It was a little spin out. He kind of hit the wall. And I don't even think the vehicle, the, the car was too damaged. But it it just didn't look, it looks super harmless. Like he's just taking the corner, he took it wide, and I don't know. There was, you know, they have the rumble strips, and there's some paint along the edges. And I don't know if he just got slippery or what. And all of a sudden he kind of hit that edge and around and around he went and into the wall and I don't like I said I don't think he really damaged the car too much but I don't think think the pit crew was yelling at him like put the fucking thing in reverse and get the fuck back out there type thing and you can still win uh, and and I guess he couldn't I guess there was no throttle whatever whatever happened during the crash he couldn't get the uh, he couldn't get the engine to throttle up and, and to accelerate to uh, to go anywhere so um, whatever the crash happened whatever the damage was was obviously uh, created more damage for his, uh, his driver championship, um, uh, bid, you know, and, uh, he's in second place, but, uh, for Stappen is, that's a huge, I'm pretty sure six, three points by the sounds of it. It sounds like it's a, it's a win, two wins between them now, Yeah, but I'm not hundred percent sure on the, uh, on the way the points work and what you, how many points you get, but, uh, what i'm gathering here from when he says that uh, if they lose the championship by 32 points he knows where it comes from and i'm pretty sure 32 points must be what you get for a w so um but yeah he definitely fucked that one up like it he's got all kinds of space there's nobody around him and he just fucking spins out it's you know it's unfortunate obviously and i'm happy that he was okay he's, you know they're not injured or anything but uh but yeah he he done fucked up in the french grand prix
3: yeah I don't know if he got greedy or what trying to take corners too fast instead of just coasting to a victory or I don't know.
0: Yeah. It was on the outside of the corner too. So it's not like, you know, he wasn't barreling down and trying to take the corner too tight. Like he was on the outside of the corner, which is typically not where they make their, you know, where they, they typically are in the middle of the, of the track or on the inside when they make a turn. So I'm not exactly sure what happened there, but
3: well, no, I think a lot of times they take, they try and stay as close to the outside as they can to not lose any speed through the corner. That's fair, yeah. So they try and make the corner as wide as possible. Then he probably just made it a bit too wide, wide, and got loose, and there she goes. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, either way, it's the first time for a fucking Formula uh, driver <clears throat> to be in the penalty box.
2: <laughs>
0: Look at the delay. I see the
1: thumbnail right there when he's just frozen.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we suck because we didn't have a fucking yeah. challenge. Uh, really, really sucks. Um. Pete, why don't you go through our scores for today, which obviously we all have a minus one. We also have a yeah. couple of golf rounds to go. Uh, and why uh, do just give the listeners a
3: little taste of what we did yesterday. Yeah. So, unfortunately, you're right. Everyone except for Kevin gets a minus one because he's not here today to participate in our lack of challengedness.
1: And, again, it was last minute.
0: Oh, I'm not showing up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a little suspect if you ask me she's probably just get like his a, golf scores. Yeah, she's
3: probably get a minus two for that but oh. yeah who knows. So yes, we um, we have golfed twice since our last podcast as a group. First time was last Sunday at Beaverdale. Uh, I had just got off a plane the night before, but whatever. Great time to go golfing. Fuck yeah. So we went out to Beaverdale, had a good round. Uh Beaverdale is a bit of a short course here in Ontario. Uh, Josh put up a outrageous 87. Yeah. Which is just like Josh doesn't play that well. Come on. But it's a short course. I
0: mean, we all shot under 100 that day, so that, that goes to show you what the course is like. <laughs>
3: exactly. exactly. And then what
1: happened yesterday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> although fucking Kev killed it.
3: Yeah. So uh, me and Kevin tied with 95, I believe, on the Beaverdale day. And then I think Jesse had 97? 98. 98. Yeah. So he brought up the rear. So Josh got the plus two for that day. Being cap tied second that got a plus one. And Jesse got a minus one for that I didn't
1: loss. even play that bad too. I still got two parses on that one. Yeah. Not good <laughs> enough. I, just, I, just shit the, I shit the bed through the rest of them, which is typical. Yeah. But I put a, I put a uh forward a couple good good holes, and that's about it. The rest
3: of it's all garbage. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Happy days. And then yesterday, Saturday, we had a uh a golf tournament, then a barbecue at Josh's place and some poker for his stag. I'm wearing my shirt,
0: <laughs> my funky shirt, my pineapples.
3: Sorry, ladies, but Josh is uh, off the market officially as of this uh, September. Yeah. Getting getting hitched. Yep. Uh, DM me if you... <laughs> DM me before <laughs> September. <laughs> Slide on into those DMs um so we played at dundee yesterday for a stag. there was 12 of us there three groups of four uh and uh we just kept track of the uh the core four hopes here for the scores even though the line was in the tournament as well he can stay outside uh so kevin ended up winning with oh, i wish quarter. he was
1: here i could have maybe gotten away with
2: this one yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Kev took it away yesterday with an outrageous 93, 94, <laughs> 93. 93. Yeah. 93, which is like, that's like a 15 stroke swing for Kev. Yeah, that's unheard of for him. For this, sure. this is not a short course like Beaverdale. This is a full size course. And uh, yeah, on the year he's been hitting, I don't know, 105 ish average on, yeah. a, on average. Yep. And, and he put up a 93.
0: Like one shot off the lead of the winner. Like that's like I said, that's unheard of for Kevin. I love him, but holy but, fuck, that's I don't know. Listen, A little suspect. Uh, little suspect.
3: Yeah. I was Peter in his was group get, and I'm telling hit you, by the
1: heat is what the issue was. He, he
3: played no, nah, he played the game of his life. He was have, you wouldn't know it listening to him because he was complaining and hooting <laughs> and hollering about missing pars and getting bowie's. Every time nah, we talked to him, he was like, How are you bowies? doing?
1: Are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing garbage, man. What do you expect? It's so fucking hot. <laughs> I'm so tired. so look going a cart? <laughs> yeah. Did he walk? He walked, right? Yep.
3: He walked. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So Kev took it with the 93. Uh I came in second, even though I thought I was having a real rough day, and I was. See, someone should be counting your score because you said it was rough. Nah, nah, it's uh, doing pretty good. That's because. I, I think they're cahoots out. in that. In that, in for that. sure they are, man. For <laughs> sure, right. it was actually ten strokes more for both those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, makes, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. I shot a one hundred even, which was I think like fifty four on the front and forty six on the back, maybe even fifty six and forty four, something. Front nine was terrible. Back nine was good. Uh. Yosh got third place with 102. Yeah. 102. And Jesse, I forget your score. All I remember is it was shit.
1: <laughs> it wasn't that bad compared to his. No, one. I think it was like one, 105. Eight. Was one it
0: 108? Or I don't know, I, I, thought I don't eight. have the card in front of me. I can't find them. Well, but, come uh, on. It's well, sorry, man. <laughs> last night was a fucking shit show. What do you expect <laughs> from me?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was below 110. I know that. And uh it was a rough time for me, but I'm pretty sure I shot 54 54. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it was a fun day, fun night. Um, we had a, you know, like I said, p 12 guys ranging from shooting 92 to about
3: 140 20 plus <laughs>
0: at least. Uh, uh for, it was
3: for some. Yeah. So one of us who shall not be named who was in our group shot uh, 69 69. Nice. So that's whatever that is. That's one thirty-eight.
0: Thirty-eight, yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, that's a
0: lot. That makes you tired of shooting that many. Like seriously, that that many strokes. Like, it's, you know, but yeah, it was a, it was a great night. Uh, you know, thanks to all the guys that came out and had fun. Uh, we did a little. Uh, obviously, we had some prizes for, uh, you know, best score. We had worst score prize because you gotta got to do that we did a long drive contest uh and then we did best dress contest which was all wacky clothing uh whatever you can do and uh so our buddy clint who we've talked about many times on this podcast he basically cleaned up and he will no longer be invited to any golf uh, <laughs> activities <laughs> uh, he he won the round he won the longest drive and the fucker even won best dressed as he showed up uh but looking much like Payne Stewart with the uh, short pants long socks a sweater vest a tie and uh, lo and behold he had a fucking master's green jacket on as well uh, and a funky fedora type hat uh, which uh, which definitely was uh, took the cake for best dressed um, Peter why didn't you show up with like something wacky yeah
1: because sure.
3: I, I don't I don't have those things I mean you could just buy them like I do it's like, you think you think this shirt is in my closet normally? Like <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, isn't that your thing? That's uh, my it's my uh, my vacation shirt. My yeah. pineapples.
3: See? See, there you go. No, I uh I more or less forgot there was a best dress thing happening, and sure. uh, I just dress like normal. Just well, you know what, bud? Puder.
0: You know what? You won a shit ton of money last night at poker, so I expect a fucking wacky shirt the next <laughs> time we play golf. <laughs> Fucker, how much money did you win last night? Overall? I prefer not to say, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't want the old lady knowing how much money you made on the side, it was like 60 bucks, yeah, like yeah, yeah, more like six times that, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
3: All right, well, we got some changes, big changes
0: here in yeah, the big overall swings. scores. So, what do we got?
3: Big swings. So, so, the total scores for today. I ended up plus one. Kev was plus three. Jesse was minus three. And Yosh was plus one. So that brings our totals for the season. There's now a tie for first place. Jesse and Josh are both sitting at plus six on the season.
0: Yeah, you want to go golfing this weekend, Jess? Uh, that's, that's the thing. Is <laughs> <golfing's> <laughs> killing me. <laughs> it's no longer sports knowledge. It's just about golf and sports knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, well, like I, I
1: said before the show, man, we got to play like a cornhole tournament. I'll, I'll
0: fucking win. Oh, we can do that. We can uh, do that. Let's do it. Well, we're hey next weekend won't be a show next weekend because oh, yeah. we're going camping. See, there's gonna be some extra points uh, available next weekend for whatever fucking random drunken camping games we play. <laughs> I got to <laughs> fix it. You guys fucking broke it yesterday. We're playing so I didn't much.
1: Pl- I didn't play it. Oh, so right. well, it
0: was, whoever did. Kevin killed. broke it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to fucking yeah. a- reaffix the tube to the center.
3: So. Kev said he hit so many, he hit the tube so many times that it broke. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, after
0: you get the champs here, me and Jess at plus six, what else we got? <laughs> hey,
3: easy, easy, easy. <laughs> well, so Kev, for the first time in like, I don't know. Ever, ever
1: has he ever been at a plus?
3: I don't know. He's always been. He's always been at a
1: zero
0: before, even. But has he
1: ever been at a plus?
0: I don't know. That's a that's
1: a curious question. Somebody should go
3: back through all the uh, episode documents and find out. (laughs) But he is now sitting at. It wouldn't be hard either because I think he started off. Unless he just go to the front of of the fucking yeah each season. So Kev is officially positive for, I think, the first time ever, sitting at plus one after getting three points out of two golf tournaments. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, see, he probably didn't want to show, show up today, so he didn't lose a challenge, so that he got all those <laughs> yeah,
3: pluses. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, that's the end of the scores. You guys yeah, know. right. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's one more you got to talk about. <laughs> so Peter is bringing up the rear now. Taking over for Kev, sitting down at a minus four on the season. <laughs> no boy, no boy, no boy, no.
1: You have fallen from grace, hard. I know, <laughs> I know.
3: I used to be on top of this hill. Used to be.
0: Were you like halfway through the season, the first season? You were number one, and then just started taking over. Yeah. Well,
3: something, halfway, something like three that. quarters, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like I led for most of season one, but not when it mattered.
0: Well, it, was, it would have been around this time because right after washer toss is when things got changed up, right? Last year. Yeah. I, I still
3: cool. think he
1: had the lead after washer toss. Oh, yeah? Hmm. It was just, he fell apart. Good clutch.
3: Huge, yeah, that was a huge swing. Crushed my confidence. Pulled fell the Maple apart Leafs. from there. Exactly. Exactly. I <laughs> mean, what? Ah. Well, pulled the Maple
0: Leafs. Couldn't get out of the first round. Exactly. that
3: <laughs> stomach.
0: Well, I'm pretty happy to uh to be tied here for for the plus we am not. I well <laughs> this when we're going golf through is this, bullshit. <laughs> when we were going through this, I had I had thought that we didn't uh, include our round at Foxwood when Pete wasn't there. So I initially had another round of golf in there, which would have pushed me ahead of you this week, Jess. But we had already counted it the, the previous. Fucking
1: uh... look at you trying to change the scores too, hey, just like just fucking Peter and Kev. Just hey, like, I went their scores. I went back. Days, and made seven.
0: sure that I was correct. I wasn't uh, stealing nothing.
1: So, but me a shot counter on, on on each group next
3: time. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Every group. Okay, we only group with with. Uh, Uh, three guys and the fourth person just keeps score yeah (laughs) no no kev what do you mean three kev you had four on the fucking off the tee (laughs) (laughs) well
1: that was the thing my group was uh i like i'm not good to begin with but i feel like i was playing to their competition because they they was not a strong group that i was in
0: that's fair i mean I guess well, my group was probably the strongest group, but we weren't even that good either. Like
3: whoa, 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 whoa! Not even that the,
0: good.
1: You had the guy the that scores. The, thing.
3: <laughs> the <laughs> scores indicate otherwise. See that we tallied up. We tallied up the best. Uh, yeah. Was just the best score on each hole? Right. For the and, group. And, and my group won. Your group tied my group. That's still a you know. win. It's still a win. That doesn't make your group the best group. <laughs> yeah, sure. It, does. it makes it
0: tied. We also had Clint, which is the best drive. The longest drive, the champion was of the day, and I was busy drinking fucking else? beer yeah. and doing other things. <laughs> man. Fuck. I'm surprised I'd shot fucking as good as I did considering the condition I was in. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, guys. Let's wrap this bitch up. Chess, um, you're the bitch this week, right? Yeah. Let's well, start with you. How's your uh, drink?
3: Your bitch drink.
1: The, the bitch drink uh, poach Envy, not Pooch. Uh, Australian <laughs> IPA. Refined Fool. Brewing company. Very good. Um, I like the Galaxy Hobbs in it.
3: There you go.
1: Are they out of this world? They are straight out of this world, yes.
3: <laughs> so just so you know, Jesse, because we don't know for sure, there's a place in Newfoundland that's spelled the exact same way as your beer. And it's called Pooch Cove. So you never know. Could it be. might be. I mean, it's almost certainly not the way it's pronounced because it's Australian is talking about pouch like a fucking kangaroo Yeah. Pouch, you know? Yeah, that's what but, I would be thinking. You know, you know, you never know. You might you might have had it right. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm grabbing a straws here to try and help you out.
1: <laughs> this is
3: a different thing. <laughs> Usually
1: you're all about tearing me down. I guess like yeah. being in last You're place. having a run day. You're, having a trying, so, you're yeah. trying to rebuild. <laughs> Get some good karma. <laughs> well, how was your second bitch beer?
3: My uh, middle of the pack, very average beer. Uh, it was actually pretty good. The Berry Fields Tartan Juicy Fruity Sour from Bench Brewing Company. Uh, I drank really quick, actually. So I've uh, been parched for the past, you know, 20 minutes or so. Could have got another, I suppose. But how could I leave? The bridge
0: is right behind you.
3: It is. It's literally <laughs> right next to me. Now that I think about it, I could have done this. Yeah. Anyway.
1: You just didn't want to get challenged on anything. Yeah. It's Something be- like that.
3: Can't point. lose any more points, Jesse. I'm hurt.
1: <laughs> you got to make them up, like how Kev did. He made them up. Yeah,
3: exactly. He just started Bye. challenging
1: shit again. I mean, yeah. mainly you, but
3: <laughs> I, I mean, he mostly got them through golf. So I just and got to work too. my golf game. That too. Uh, but yeah, it was good. I would uh, certainly recommend that for a nice, warm summer's patio. Delicious. Okay. Yosh. I was the king of beers today, and I'm not talking Budweiser. No, king of beers, the Ghost Orchid IPA
0: at a Bellwood Brewery, pretty good, 6.3%. It's really good. Nothing crazy about it, but uh, a very drinkable, strong beer. Um, This could definitely be a drink on a hot patio, much like most beers, but uh, I really enjoyed it. Just finishing it up now. Uh, You know, I don't let myself get parched like Pete, but, uh, (laughs) you know. But yeah, it was pretty good. Solid beer. Enjoyed it. The last sip here. Ah, top notch.
3: Perfect timing.
0: Yeah, it's good, eh? let that uh, finish up. To sorry, time. All right, guys, that's about it. anybody got else? Uh, anything else to say before I uh, sign off here? You know, any well wishes to Kevin while he's uh, while he's away, or you want to chirp him a little bit, or anything? I mean, we did a bit. <laughs> Oh, Kev, not, you suck. I was going to say, not one more little jab, like, <laughs> fucking cheater, 93 my ass, like, fuck.
1: Here's <laughs> you a know, on that. if he, if he shot on.
0: like, yeah, if he shot like 199, <laughs> I would believe that a whole lot more, but to to come out and to lose the tournament by just a stroke behind Clint, who, I mean, no offense, Kev, you know I love you, but is clearly a better golfer. I mean, he's better than all of us. Like, It's not like it's just a jab at Kev here, like, so for him to just uh to lose by one stroke, good on him. Um beat, I trust you. So even though I fucking will probably bitch about this till the end of time. It happened, man. It, like, it happened. I might have to fucking frame that scorecard for Kev and give it yeah. up on a wall because I don't think he will ever shoot that well again. I'm surprised he didn't ask for that.
3: I mean, it's, he's fucked. Him. I mean, I can't mean the cards, you can't so. find them. So yeah, you know. I really don't know I, where they are. I might know where they are.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, maybe he jacked yeah, them. Yeah, might have yeah, them. he <laughs>
3: might have them. Actually. <laughs> All right,
0: guys. So for Kev, who is uh, MIA today, for Jesse and Peter, we'd like to thank everyone for listening here. At Points of penalties. Give us a uh, subscribe on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week. Stay out of the penalty box.